Vinny87, you won the giveaway from last week. Comic fam, enjoy your trending comics list. I'm thinking we need to talk about the trending comics of the week with an Overstreet Price Cat Advisor. Russ Bright, how you feeling? I am really great, Tom. You know what? This list is so affordable. It's actually a little bit surprising how many of the books on this list are attainable for less than $50. And that's why you need to tune in every week. That's right. Hit that subscribe button, comic fam. Slap that like button. You know we have a giveaway on deck. And hit it with number 10. We have the second appearance of Brother Voodoo to talk about. Number 10 on the list, Strange Tales 170, which is the second appearance of Brother Voodoo. Now, these are going for solidly $200 average sales and we saw a CGC 9.8 going for $1,050 back in October of last year. Now it had just spiked because the prior high sale was two weeks to that at $660. There is no recent 9.8 sale in this book because there's only eight in existence. People are really chasing this second appearance because the first appearance is going astronomically high. That's right. His first appearance in 169, 11 copies on the census at 9.8 went for $4,000 back in April, 2020. Recent 9.8 sale landing at $21,000 last week. It made the hot list with Gem Mint and we're reporting on the second appearance largely underappreciated as it pertains to key moments in comic books. 133% increase in copies sold this week because we have very, very strong suspicion that he will be showing up in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. While 169 is extremely popular, 170 is part two of the origin story of Jericho Drum becoming Brother Voodoo. In issue 169, most of the focus is on the demise of his brother, Daniel Drum, which, by the way, happened in the first Doctor Strange movie. That's why that was such a pivotal moment in the MCU, because it is setting up for Brother Voodoo, who actually goes through training. He meets up with Papa Jumbo in issue 169, learns how to fight, and it isn't until 170 where he earns the moniker of Brother Voodoo. He gets the signature on his forehead. His spirit merges with Daniel Drum. He takes down his murderer, Dumbala. This is a major key book that is largely unappreciated and it's going for way less than it should. Number nine on the list, G.I. Joe number 21. This is an incredible issue. I love this the book. The silent issue. Every single time Tom and I talk about this book, I want to do the number completely and totally silently because if you know the story at all, there are no word bubbles. There are no words. It is two classic ninjas from the G.I. Joe story fighting in this absolutely no word bubble issue. This has been a classic book forever. $320 average sales right now and $3,700 for a CGC 9.8 because we have news and a trailer for the new Snake Eyes origin movie. Set to premiere July 21st, this origin tale has less to do about guns. There's a lot of guns in the trailer still, but more to do about the history of the clan, the ninjas, the sword fighting. This thing looks amazing. And not to mention the first appearance of Storm Shadow happening in this issue. The amazingness of what is the silent issue and how that has inspired just so many generations of writers and artists. This comic also reveals the clan hexagram tattoo found on both characters' forearms, which hadn't been revealed to this introduction and this point, which has actually inspired many people in the community to actually get the real tattoo done. 
131% increase in copies sold this week. And I know I'm not one of the only 80s kids who's excited to see more about the Adeshikage clan origin. And at the same point in time, 80s nostalgia is going crazy because this next book, well, we're going to find out a little bit more about Prince Adam. Now, we're not talking about a piercing here, comic <laughs> fam. No, we're talking about He-Man. Masters of the Universe, issue number one, hitting $65 average sales. A CGC 9.8 hitting $665. Kevin Smith attached to an animation that is slated for Netflix. We saw stills this week, and we're going to be getting a new Mattel toy line. I am so excited to hear this news, especially because Kevin Smith has assured us that all of these episodes are going to follow exactly after the 80s show ended. The feel is so nostalgic. We know that we're going to be seeing Skeletor and Castle Grayskull and all of our favorites in here. It is just a great time. And the fact that Kevin Smith is spearheading this, I have 100% faith in his vision. Listen to this lineup. Mark Hamill as Skeletor. All right. No one to be shot in shame here. We have Lena Headley as Evelyn. And you know I love her. Sarah Michelle Gather as Tila. This is going to be fantastic. I'm not even a big He-Man fan. But the fact that they are respecting the OG run, continuing the story, keeping the visuals as close to the original as possible, but giving it the glossy treatment that it needs for Netflix... We're about to see a whole new fandom emerge. They're even pulling in Batman Kevin Conroy to do some voices. I mean, this is really exciting thing from a voice acting standpoint. Now, the first appearance of He-Man in comic books actually made the trending 20. Utilize the code TOM101 on the best comic book collector app in the world. We're chatting key collector comics. It'll unlock a free two-week subscription. You'll get access to the trending 20 where these 10 comic books that we put on this list were sourced from. You got to know where the other ones ended up. You help support the show. And let's take a look at number seven on the list because we have some symbiote origin goodness. Number seven on the list, Amazing Spider-Man 258. Do you mean 252? No, I actually don't. And because there is so much symbiote interest right now, this is one of those books that has gone ignored for a very, very long time. Now, 258, which is selling for $15 average sales and $195 for a CGC 9.8, is seeing a 308% increase this week because we have Venom symbiote interest. Now, this is really, really crazy because no one's really thought about this book for a while, but in this book, Reed Richards discovers that the black suit Spider-Man has been wearing is an alien symbiote, and he probably shouldn't be wearing it. That's right. Peter Parker on this cover is struggling, and you see both suits kind of pulling him towards one another because the symbiote suit that he's wearing Although he knows it's an alien suit, he doesn't know it's alive. And Reed Richards is where he takes that suit after he's battling with nightmares. It's making him feel terrible, and he wants to figure out what's going on. Reed Richards suggests that he takes it off, leaves Peter Parker in his underwear. He's got to wear some suit. <laughs> and this is where you get the bombastic bag suit, the Fantastic Four's solution to hiding Peter Parker's identity, providing him with a really nice Fantastic Four suit. But they didn't have any masks, apparently. They just gave him a bag to put over his head. It's really one of the most amazingly weird and astounding issues from this run. And there's a lot of crazy stuff from this era that has nothing to do with anything Spider-Man. I mean, the commuter in one of these issues, and now all of a sudden you've got Spider-Man with a bag on his head. This comic is a major part of this symbiote lineage. I mean, this is an awesome collectible. It's affordable. But the writers back then, they didn't know that Venom was coming years later. Nope. You know, they were trying to figure it out as they would go. Mm -hmm. So I think this is a great spec. A lot of people don't know this book because they don't 
read all of their comics, maybe as much as they should. And I think this one has been underappreciated for a pretty long time. And I'm excited to see it creep up on the list. Tom, you got a great point there. People aren't always reading their comic books. I have a lot of people working on ASM runs right now. And it seems that only recently have people caught that the Carnage symbiote shows up in 359 and 360 before 361. So those books are spiking as well. And now we're at the list at number six with Ghost Rider number two. I did not expect this book to creep up, but you know what? It's going for $10 average sales for a villain we've already seen in a fantastic movie with Nick Cage. I don't care what the members have to say about it. It's an anytime movie for me. The members kind of give me crap for liking Nick Cage. Con Air and Face Off are two of my favorite movies of all time, Tom, and they are not good movies, but I do like those movies, so I can share in liking Nick Cage, but man, his Ghost Rider was terrible. I don't care how big of a comic book fan you are, but this book, Ghost Rider number two on the list, first appearance of Blackout, no idea that this is going to be on the list. You know when I talked about these things being affordable? Right now, 10 bucks for a book that... Nobody was specking on. $150 for a CGC 9.8 for this half-demon ghost rider antagonist. You'll remember him from the movie. He had like the long blonde hair, ton of white makeup on. And this is interesting because there is a show called The Hashtag Show that is saying that Marvel is in active development for a Midnight Suns adaptation. But I'll remind the community that we chatted a lot about these particular characters back when the Hellstrom show was in production because they were slated to bring Ghost Rider into the Hulu Supernatural universe, which has all been canceled and scrubbed. Mm Mm-hmm. 857% increase in copies sold because of unconfirmed rumors that are being started by a show. You know what? Tread lightly on this one. But the one thing that we have heard rumor-wise is that Ghost Rider may very well show up in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness as well. I hope there's a lot of cool stuff in this movie. People just really want the Ghost Rider to happen. I mean, we've been seeing what Marvel Spotlight 5 has been doing, and that's with unconfirmed rumors as well. But a very tough black cover nonetheless. Now let's take a look at number five on the list with Joker number two. Wait, I thought this was already on the list before. Nope, we're talking about the one in 25 sketch variant. So this ratio variant is going for $65 and the fact that it's only a one in 25 because the Santa Prisa, the first print secret variant was a one in 50. We were seeing those prices go astronomically high, but people are still liking this black and white representation of the first appearance of Vengeance, who's Bane's daughter, and more explanation of the Samson family, which was since Incidentally modeled off of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre family. That's creepy. That's right. They get a one-page spread introducing them for the first time. And we get a really cool introduction of the daughter of Bane, who also is one of a handful of characters in the Joker run who are after, who are hunting for the Joker. And I'm not even talking about Batman. Number four on the list, very apropos, because this is the fourth week in a row that we have talked about a Mark Millar book, and it's not one that I think any of you were expecting. Nemesis, number one, coming in the list this week, $15 average sales and $300 for a CGC 9.8. This is a great book. Four-issue series came out in 2010. This is post the success of Civil War. This is soon after Kick-Ass, I believe, so he was firing on all cylinders, and he decided to write a self-published creator-owned narrative, and this story follows essentially what if you're, you know, extremely wealthy Bruce Wayne type, instead of going hero, went 100% villain and started causing a ruckus, which he does. Within the first issue, this 
character takes down Air Force One. He kidnaps the president. He is just killing a ton of people. It's so violent. If you think kick-ass is raw, you hadn't seen anything yet. And this just got a writer attached. Screenplay is updated and fulfilled. Emerald Fennell, who recently won an Oscar for Best Screenplay for Promising Young Women, and also is working on The Crown for Netflix, just finished up the screenplay for this, and Millar has high praise. I expect more from the Mark Millar universe. We chatted about this two years ago when some of these were rumored and then slated, but then super delayed. And with the success of so many different franchises, I have high hopes. You know who else has high hopes, Tom? The Mystery Mail Call subscribers who are hoping to get the one in a thousand virgin variant of Something is Killing the Children by amazing artist Raph Grissetti. This thing is absolute fire right now, and I think it's going to be a banger. I want to give a big thank you to the community members, to the new community members. This is the most hype we've ever gotten behind an exclusive. We've never had more new members join after an exclusive reveal. We have virgin copies. We do have trade dress copies. They're going out one per box. It is at random. That's how we roll with the mystery mail call. ComicTom101.com to secure your box for June. We are selling quick. Link in the description and hit them with number three. Number three on the list, X-Men 213. This is an amazingly incredible cover where you have Sabretooth fighting Wolverine. And Tom even pointed out to me that this is the first time that they are fighting on the cover together. And I actually hadn't thought about it, but it absolutely is. Well, you know, I had to bring Sabretooth on the mic today. Little Butch here is just biting me as I do this number. But Tales from the Flip Side did some great analysis on this underappreciated book. $18 average sales, affordable buy-in, part of the Mutant Massacre. There's a really nice Wolverine Sabretooth like, key collectible run in this part of the X-Men franchise. And it's years before the Wolverine, is it 10? Number 10. Yeah, yeah on the, in that particular run, which is also a classic cover that goes for more money. And this issue has a cameo appearance of Mr. Sinister, like just another reason to like it, but their analysis focused on the favorability of key covers because they're being displayed. And when you get books graded and you can only see that front cover, it becomes more and more important to collectors. And this one right here for under $20 is an amazing book. 226% increase in copies sold this week. And yeah, I absolutely agree with you, Tom. And really, Tales from the Flip Side, because even in my essay for Overstreet a couple years ago, I was talking about how most collectors are favoring aesthetics over content. They would rather have a cool-looking cover that looks well on the wall than a story that's readable. And this is just another one of those cases of it's a really cool book, it is undervalued, and a lot of people just like it because of pure eye appeal. Now, number two on the list, we have Midnight Sun's Goodness. We mentioned the Midnight Sun's reveal earlier on the list with Blackout being a potential villain in a production that is unconfirmed. Well, we have the first appearance of the Midnight Suns, the Nine, to chat about today. So part of the Nine, we have Ghostwriter, Blade, Morbius. People care about them. Hannibal King, people kind of care about them. Frank Drake, Sam Buchanan, Victoria Montesi, and Louise Hastings. I don't even know those last few people, and I'm pretty sure I read Midnight Suns when it came out. $30 average sales, a high sale for a CGC 9.8 hitting $350. We even saw a newsstand go for $500. This book, I don't know, it seems a little early to be dropping 
you know, that much money. There's a lot of other keys you can secure for 500 bucks. However, this is actually a big moment in Marvel history. Isn't this the first time where they shared like, I don't know, they called it like the family title across multiple runs. Oh yeah, they actually did a big branding thing and a whole bunch of these books came out with the whole Midnight Suns banner and it just didn't do well. People don't care about Blaze. People do care about Blade. People kind of care about Morbius. People really like Ghost Rider. But yeah. it's one of those things that it just doesn't matter how many people you put on the team. You just don't have a whole lot of winners. And that's why I got canceled, like, after a short nine-issue crossover event. This right here also had, like, the Darkhold narrative, which no one cared about till literally a couple months ago. You have so much hair on you. I know, it's man. It's, it's crazy. But, you know, we got to hit the comic fam with the number one trending comic in the world. Slap that subscribe button. Hit the like button. Stay tuned to the end because we got to do a really dub giveaway. And let's chat about what? Ultraman making the list? Wow. Number one on the list, Ultraman. Now, he has been fringe popular for a very, very long time. And Marvel Comics has put out two Ultraman miniseries in the last year. We had Return of Ultraman and Trials of Ultraman. But this is number one of Ultraman from Ultra Comics in 1993. $10 average sales for this polybag collector's book. And I actually didn't even know until earlier today that Dwayne McDuffie was the writer, which gives this so much cooler of a level. Like, really, I like Ultraman, but the fact that he wrote this at the exact same time that he was creating milestone comics and characters like Static, 1993, this is pinnacle McDuffie. The late, great Dwayne McDuffie at that time had the responsibility of uplifting what would become legendaries in their own right in the black community for comic books in their entirety at the same time as he was writing Ultraman the A-list hero for Japan. What an amazing creator. This is going to be a tough condition book. Now, we're already seeing a 2,675% increase in copies sold this week. It is a poly-bagged book from the 90s. It had a card in there. You have to keep in mind that a lot of these were opened. A lot of these were mangled. A lot of times, even if you do find them in there, the card is going to leave an imprint on the book. It's just a tough book to find. It's the first appearance of Ultraman in American comics, but he had been around in Japan since 1966. And we have news now that Netflix is making a new animated series with Ultraman. Ultraman would inspire a lot in the Americas, however. I mean, this is essentially the inspiration behind Power Rangers. You have the Ant-Man Paul Rudd costume that's seemingly been modeled after Ultraman. Right. I mean, this is back when the popularity started with like the kaiju versus dude who's just dressed in a suit on a small scale set. This is classic. This is going to be an attempt to introduce the franchise to the Americas again with a fresh original script, new characters, but still paying homage and respect to the classic Japanese run that debuted over 50 years ago. So while Ultraman may not be as prevalent as Pokemon or Godzilla, we do know that around the world he is very respected. Even so far as in the 1980s, he was the third highest toy sold globally. It's incredible how much of a fan base there is, and it's great that the U.S. is finally catching up. Slap the subscribe, comic fam. 
You know we're here for you every single week. We need your support. We're going for 20 likes this video. Can we do it? Comment down below. Let me know what you think about the list. Midnight Suns, Ultraman. This is kind of a fun one this week. A lot of affordable spec. What are you specking on? Do you have any of these comics that'll enter you to win Tankers number one, the first print? The answer to the gas crisis of the future. As always, geek responsibly. Enough said. Comic fam, we got other videos for you to check out. One right here, one right there. Either one is fine. I suggest you watch one of them though. Something bad may happen if you don't. Like I'm just being real. I don't know. I can't, I'm, that's not a threat. I'm just saying like something, like something bad may happen. Watch one of them. Have a great week.